Hello, 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 everyone. Uh-oh. Almost did it again. I did that on my last pod, too, Aaron. Welcome back. I'll explain that in a second. Welcome back to the Dynasty Wonderland podcast. That's right. Bonus episode. Bonus episode. That is right. Rub the hands together because the draft ended not too long ago, and we have some instant reaction to what happened tonight in round one. And then we'll, you know, on our normal pod, we'll get back into round two and things like that. But it was a fun round one. We got to discuss it. Mad Chatter MK here with my partner, the March Heron, Aaron Stewart. Don't forget to follow us both at RMK Madness at AARonStu09. Aaron, buddy, this is going to be fun. I, it was a good draft. Oh, absolutely. This was Christmas. This was my Christmas. Like, yes. NFL draft day. I, I want nothing else but to just watch this draft, see all these rookies we've been talking about for several weeks now, months, and, yes. and seeing where they finally land. No more speculation. We now know where the top guys at the fantasy football positions are. So now mm-hmm. we can discuss them. I'm excited. Exactly. And Really, this is kind of free agency, now the draft. This is kind of the final thing, and then we go into a little bit of hibernation waiting for the season to start. But this is kind of the final piece to the puzzle. You know, obviously, teams are going to have cuts and things like that, so there's going to be some players, people like, uh, you you know, sleeper types or, or maybe even vets that get cut. But for the most part, we're getting to the point where we kind of know what these teams are going to look like. So... Got the, a couple more days of drafting ahead of us. Let's get into what happened tonight. Before the draft, of course, news about Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> and, oh, he seems really pissed at the Packers. Now, what I could gain from the story was that apparently the Packers were indeed thinking about trading him. And he found out and got pissed off. And on top of everything else, I guess he's had enough. It sounds like he said to the Packers, I'm done. Whether you trade me or not, I'm not coming back. And maybe this is Aaron trying to make a power play and maybe this somehow works out. But it does seem, and I know the contract makes it a little bit difficult, but it does seem like Aaron Rodgers really is trying to get out and that the Packers might be at the point where they're like, ah, fuck it. What do you think? let's, Let's chat about this real quick for a minute, Aaron. Certainly. So, you know, and one of one of the things is we're not out of the woods with the Aaron Rodgers trade. Um, you're right. It, it's difficult just on the surface there. It's I'm looking at this upcoming season. He's got a salary cap hit just over 37 million. If they were to trade him, release him, they're not going to release him. But if they moved on from him, they would have a dead cap of over 38 million. So, like they're not going to clear any money if they move on from him. They're it's about even there. They'll lose about a million dollars. But one of the things that could happen is like what's rumored to happen with Julio Jones, where there could be a post June 1st trade. I haven't ran the numbers oh, yes. yet. Yeah. So, but there's, that would, it, it could be, if this will be a story that isn't going away anytime soon. And, and honestly, people that follow the NFL know that Aaron Rodgers and the Packers front office have this, <laughs> hate hate relationship it's yeah it's toxic i mean it's it's going to have to this is going to end in a divorce eventually it's just a matter of when now i i completely agree 
And I was going to kind of go in order of the draft, but with this, but you know, with bringing up Aaron Rodgers first, I think I just want to hop in right into my surprise that the Broncos pick. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because I was sitting there like, okay, we'll see what Carolina does. Is anybody going to trade up with them? No, they got the pick in. Are they going to take fields? No, he's there for the taking Denver. It's perfect. And I remember, and again, I may live in Denver, but I'm not some huge Broncos fan. I root for him a little bit here and there, but I wanted to see that offense get a premier quarterback. And they passed. And no offense to certain, that dude is going to be a stud cornerback, I'm sure. But they needed an upgrade at the most important position. And I was shocked and stupefied they didn't take him there. I very quickly realized it's one of two things. Either they got a strong feeling they're getting Mr. Aaron Rodgers, which would be funny because that's something I've been talking about for a little while now that (laughs) because just because of the whole John Elway going to get Peyton Manning, like I could just see them doing it again. So I've thought that for a little while now, so that wouldn't surprise me, but it's got to be that, or the Broncos are just this fucking stupid because I thought with them getting George Patton from the Vikings, who from my time following the Vikings, I thought he was a good assistant GM. So I thought he would have learned some things from being in Minnesota and he's made some good moves this off season already for Denver. I really thought he'd make the smart decision here, but he did not. And so I'm like, okay, either they're that stupid or they know they're getting Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? Aaron? Yeah. And it, it started yesterday before the draft. They, they did the small trade with Carolina to, to acquire Teddy Bridgewater, right, Bridgewater right. in which they only gave up a six round pick and people go, wow, like Teddy Bridgewater only netted the Carolina Panthers a six round pick. Well, some of that was Carolina is paying seven a lot million of the of the 10 million. Yeah. yeah. So, so for Denver, you know, you Bridgewater, they're going to pay him 3 million this year. And, and anyone that's following me on Twitter, like I went and posted like what, like some of the, the salary cap hits and like he actually Bridgewater is getting paid less by the Broncos than Jeff Driscoll. I mean, Bridgewater in total is going to make $10 million, but the Broncos are paying him backup money. So when they acquired him, I said, the dream's not dead yet for Justin Fields because Bridgewater is, I've dubbed him bridge quarterback because that's what he is. He's you bring him in to start the season. And then if you've got a young quarterback that needs to develop, you can let him get the practice reps and not have to put him in week one and destroy his confidence. So when they got Bridgewater, I said, don't freak out. They could still get Justin Fields. Fields was on the board at nine. I was like, yes, I'm going to look like such a smart person here. This is brilliant. And yeah, when, when it came up and it was Patrick certain, um, Sertan, right? Sertan? Yeah. Ah. I've been saying Sertain, but I think it's Sertain. Sertain. We'll go with that. But <laughs> hey, look, I look at the offensive players, <laughs> the defensive players, I still learn their names. But right, right. You know, it, I, was, I was shocked. I was baffled because I, I was like, they brought in Bridgewater. They'll, they'll, they'll draft Justin Fields. They'll trade Drew Locke to get some of the draft picks back that they could use in other areas. I, I did pull up their depth chart. It's like cornerback was a need, but man, 
you're staring at Justin Fields right. on the board, like who played at Ohio State, was productive, had big games, proven winner, had dual threat abilities. I, I, I feel like there's more to this. Like they better I, be getting Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, 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 absolutely. They better like, be getting Aaron Rodgers. Is all I gotta that, say. That's a, and it's a great narrative. It's like you know, shoot, shoot, like use first round pick, like they did to get defense and then maybe just maybe this deal with the Packers is is something they're still negotiating but man my goodness it's got to be frustrating to be a Broncos fan when if you don't have an answer at the quarterback's uh, position you have no chance of competing you just right. don't and this team has talent everywhere especially on offense oh my yeah. gosh that's why I was bummed man I was thinking uh, of no. complications <laughs> I was like oh shit the Denver offense is going to get Justin Fields. Woo! Oh, oh no, that would have been the best case. And then, you know what? To his credit, the team that did get Justin Fields, the Chicago Bears, my goodness, what was it? Uh, every, even a blind squirrel finds a nut every <laughs> once in a while. That's so true. There you go. And, and, you know, this could be the ultimate FU to Chicago Bears fans if this happens to be the pick that saves Ryan Pace's job. <laughs> you know, How what do you crazy do? would that be? Oh, After man. so many mistakes and fuck-ups, he's, he's – this could get him an extension. <laughs> right. But, it's crazy. But for the Bears, and I, I saw some of the details uh, – I believe they gave up a future first round pick along with like a couple of day three picks. So that's not, that really isn't much of a price to pay like to guarantee to, to fix the quarterback position that Ryan Pace screwed up right. four years ago with Trubisky. Right. Like, okay. At least he's cleaning way. it up, you yes. know, I mean, cause this should fix it because this should make them a dangerous team. I mean, cause they already have a solid D They've got some weapons on offense. Yeah, I love Allen Robinson. I love Darnell Mooney. I mean, yeah. so like, yeah, it sounds like they have Andy Dalton as the starter, which I would assume you get him out there. You don't want to throw fields out there game one, but at some point during the season, we'll see fields. And I, I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. Or maybe he does beat out Dalton. You never know. And, and you know, from a dynasty perspective, when people go, people may be wondering, well, Okay, Justin Fields didn't go. San Francisco would have been ideal. Um, but with Fields being the fourth quarterback taken, like what do we think about him in Dynasty? I'm not worried. The the Bears, the Bears are gonna be a team that's playing from behind, um, more than likely. They've been a top 12 passing offense the past two seasons. Like volume's gonna be there. And if they're playing from behind, it's kind of like what Jalen Hurts was able to do in, in the, the four game stretch where he was he was putting up QB one numbers in three mm -hmm. of those four games. And Fields is much, much better. In fact, I, I had like a minor heart attack when I saw the Eagles trade up. I was like, Oh my god, they're gonna draft Justin Fields. <laughs> I thought that for a split second, and then I was like, <sighs> I remember reading something about them wanting to trade up for a corner back. Yeah. that they were trying to trade it for a cornerback. So I remember reading something like that. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I was just relieved because like I said, I have this awesome article. I, I fully believe in Jalen Hurts, but I was like, these guys are really going to, they're going to go draft a quarterback. And then that <laughs> article I wrote back in February about Jalen Hurts, QB1 in 2021 is going to make, make me look so bad. Probably have to throw away my, 
my fantasy football analytics badge. You know, we get those at Roto Underworld. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I, uh, I'll admit, I'm <laughs> with Fields, I'm a little bit surprised the Panthers didn't take him too, because I, I had read a couple of things that sounded like they may be looking at quarterback too. So, right. you, you know, you can't imagine that that many teams would have red flags about fields or anything like that. I think yeah. maybe Carolina was really cool with rolling, rolling with Darnold and maybe Denver has something else up their sleeve. So, well, and, and I do get reminded and, and it's not to the extreme. It's just this, the player that I think of because like I overlook stuff and obviously the NFL has much more detailed information than you and I do, but like mm -hmm. years ago, when Darius guys like slipped in drafts and I was like, I was just looking at the profile and I was like, this dude's like, he's a good player. And he, and he still was, is like, whatever you want to, like, he produced, but like clearly right. those, like those reports about like character concerns was a gross understatement uh, mm -hmm. to say the least. So it, I know that before my rookie drafts, I've got to go and do some due diligence and have to go, okay, I may have to readjust Justin Fields' uh, rankings. Like, I know he's the consensus number two. I at least need to go and be like, is there more? Is there something under the surface here? Is there something that doesn't, uh, that isn't going to show up in the metrics, but maybe some type, uh, some type of work ethic? I can't speak this evening. <laughs> but, uh, and it's not that I'm going to be like trying to look for something, but it's just, I want to go back over information right. and make sure that I'm not missing something like I did when I was, I was big on guys being the clear 102 behind Barkley uh, right. several, several years ago. I just want to make sure, you know, with early picks that we don't screw it up. <laughs> I've got the 102 in a super flex draft, assuming Trevor Lawrence is the 101. I have a pretty big choice to make. <laughs> right. Well, and I got to be honest. Um, for me, I mean, we all knew where Trevor's, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson was going. Lance might be the guy I want the most. I think so. Uh, because he was one of my tops anyway. Yeah. And I kind of like the, the, the landing spot, you know? Absolutely. You, I would have been much more pleased with Fields landing in Denver with that offense. And I do feel it hurts a little bit that he slid. And like you said, maybe that warrants a little more research. But yeah, I think I would I really, I mean, I'm gonna have to take some time to think about it. I'll reevaluate <laughs> this before next pod. But I kind of like Trey Lance as my top guy right now, yeah. based on going to San Francisco and just what happened with fields. So I don't know. That's kind of, that's kind of what I'm feeling because people were wondering and you were steadfast Mac Jones. I know. I know. I'm glad I, you were wrong. I'm glad you were wrong. <laughs> hey, and that's one that I'm glad I'm wrong. I was just going like, look, if I had to go to Vegas and put money on it, I just, I was like, I Mac Jones has, yeah, Mac Jones right. has consistently been there. And so when they announced Trey Lance, I was like, I was like, I'm okay with being wrong. Right. Thank you, San Francisco. That offense making the right so choice. Much, yes. Yeah, so much potential. And, and you talked about landing spot. And I, I just want to add, like, you know, we don't want to coming from Roto Underworld player profiler, like we're not allowed to, you know, coach worship 
But I will say for quarterbacks in particular, one of the things that can be damning for them is we saw the same Darnold. He went to the New York Jets, just a big, big city market with no stability whatsoever from the front office, from the coaching staff, and it ruined the guy. I'm ecstatic that Trey Lance, the 20-year-old quarterback that's 6'4", 226 pounds, can run, has a cannon of an arm, best comparable to Matthew Stafford on player profiler. And he goes to San Francisco, a team that was just in the Super Bowl just over a year ago. Like, right. it's, this isn't a bad team. He's got right. weapons. He's got, obviously, Kittle. He's got Ayuk. He's got Debo Samuel. And most importantly is that they're not going to he will start games at some point this season like just yeah. guys that get drafted they will but if they still stand with keeping jimmy garoppolo then at least garoppolo could start the season trey lance can can learn how to practice as a pro and get the much needed reps in practice and be right. prepared it's like thank goodness like this this is i think an ideal spot for a guy that with all the skills and all the traits and everything, he is coming from North Dakota State. It's a big jump up to the NFL level. If you're Trey Lance, this is the, this is the dream spot for him to go to. I agree. I agree. And it sounds like the Niners were in on Aaron Rodgers and the Packers didn't take the deal. And uh, so here we are. And and now Aaron Rodgers is like you probably should have taken that fucking deal. But I, I, I I'm with you. I love it. And 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 also when it comes to the coach worship, I'm completely with you know our fellows, particularly the Podfather, when it comes to that. But I do think there's a very big distinction between you know coach worship, where you're saying oh the coaches matter so much that they're going to improve it, and there's a big difference between that and saying okay. This is a much better spot coaching wise, right. everything, because yeah, that maybe there's not a lot of coaches that are going to do that much to it. it basically, there's just some coaches that are going to do a good job staying out of the way, kind of, right. you know, right. <laughs> and you're going to have coaches like Adam Gase. Like I, I was one of the first people like, oh, no. Oh no. Cause I liked Darnold and I'm like, Oh no, not Gase. No, this is bad. Yeah. And it was bad. So I do think there's situations that players can go into where coaches can make a negative difference on them, you know? And so I totally agree. No coach worshiping, but you do have to realize when there's definitely a better situation and a better coach to be playing for, because they're more, more likely to help you succeed than hinder you. And that is very much where Trey Lance landed in a spot where he's at least got a coach can do everything he can to help him he's got a good track record I mean Jimmy G for all his faults I mean when healthy he played well and won a lot of games you know so I, I mean you feel like someone like a Trey Lance could you know really pump up that offense a little bit so I'm excited to see how this goes for sure and then we had the last quarterback. We've talked about field. We didn't really need to talk about Lawrence or Wilson. We've kind of yeah. known that. But Mac Jones, he does end up in New England. And they didn't have to trade or anything to get him. <laughs> so we'll see. I, I mean, I, I would say, he, he, you know, he's more towards the back end of the top quarterbacks for me. Um, but, again, I mean, 
he's going to a pretty goddamn good spot. <laughs> I mean, he's going to a place to a coach that wanted him that uh, believes that's the kind of guy that fits in their system. And I just think it, like, this could be interesting. You know, this makes me like Mac Jones a little bit more uh, because I feel like it, this is just one of the better situations. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously this year, some questions about offensive weapons and things like that, but you know, still got the tight ends, it, you know, we'll see what they do. And cam's there. So there's a good chance cam plays a chunk of the season and you know, we'll see what happens, but I definitely, I I'm actually, uh, happy he ended up in new england absolutely like this this was i I started to see especially when fields fell to 11 i was like he mag jones is gonna go to new england isn't he it just makes sense bill belichick nick saban close friends like they are constantly constantly pushing like alabama players to new england and and you know this this is a great spot for mac jones and for people that are shocked about like mac jones lasting till the middle of the first round like it is important that like with all the mock drafts and everything everyone wanted to mock four quarterbacks to start the draft like usually trey lance was like the atlanta pick and justin fields Mm -hmm. Well, it was San Francisco or something like that. And it's like, this is just not how the NFL goes because this, I, I am certain that teams after those first three picks, they go, okay, what are we going to do? Are we going to pick our fourth quarterback on the board or the top player at a different position? So I think that's why we, we started to see Justin Fields fall uh, a mm-hmm. little bit. I, I, I had a feeling like I, I was really pushing for Carolina to get uh, Rashawn Slater. To, it was like, get the offensive tackle. But I will say, like, the defensive back, J.C. Horn, they did need cornerback help. And mm-hmm. it was like, they did get Sam Darnold. Like, that makes sense. I, I Honestly, I was happy with the Detroit Lions because that move is I, – I didn't know how the rebuild was going to go, right? I was like – I. I think teams have gotten smarter. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Like teams, teams like we saw with the Miami Dolphins. Um, we even saw a little bit longer with Buffalo Bills. But, like, teams are finally starting to get it. Like, sometimes these rebuilds, it is, it's a multi-year process. Uh, the Miami Dolphins, they, they spent an entire year of trading down, getting draft picks, trading any player that had any type of value. They, they built up through the line, through the secondary. They did add to it, but they were still investing in offensive line. And when they made that first pick and it was Panay Suell, the offensive tackle was like, I can get behind that. Mm-hmm. Build up the offensive line. This wasn't the year to get a quarterback for them. Like they no. still, like they got, like Jared Goff's not good, but they're paying him. Might as well, might as well play him mm-hmm. to, to at the very least, develop any receivers that they may bring in on day two or early day three um, so that next year if they decide to take a quarterback because Detroit is expected to be one of the worst teams in the NFL there's just right. not a lot of talent but get it like the fact that they went and got offensive tackle is like that's how you do it because I'm also going to turn this to bashing another team the Cincinnati Bengals what the hell are you thinking like I I had in the notes when, when we were, when we had Cody on and I had in my notes, I didn't bring it up, but when we were talking about best case and worst case scenarios for rookies, one of my worst case was Jamar Chase to Cincinnati. Um, He's talented, but I was like, 
he goes to Cincinnati. He's going to have to compete with T Higgins and Tyler Boyd. It's like, that's not quite what we really want, but also like my other thing too, was you have Joe Burrow and his knee got all kinds of messed up. He had surgery. It was like, because they didn't, they couldn't protect Joe Burrow. Their franchise quarterback got hurt. It was, this should have been a no brainer for the Bengals sitting at five with their choice of whoever was number one on their board at offensive line, especially offensive tackle. And I was like, I don't care if it's Slater. I don't care if it's Sewell. Sewell, like they need to get an offensive tackle to protect Joe Burrow. And I turned to my buddy. My buddy does, he was just kind of watching it with me, but like he's not much of an NFL fan. And I said, Mm. the Cincinnati Bengals are the trash organization in the NFL. (laughs) I said, they're going to draft Jamar Chase because Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase were teammates at LSU. And Joe Burrow threw 60 touchdowns, and Jamar Chase caught most of them. <laughs> he got the, the largest portion of them. I said, mm. watch. That's what the Bengals are going to do. It's going to be the dumb move. If they're smart, they'll draft the tackle. And then when it came in, I, I turned to him and gave a look, and I was like, that's why they're the trash organization in the mm. NFL. <laughs> I, as far as the Bengals go, I agree because football wise, it's stupid. Fantasy wise, I love Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I I just think you didn't draft him for any other reason than to be Joe Burrow's guy. So right. he's gonna be the guy. This sucks for Tyler Boyd. Um yeah. <laughs> because I feel like T. Higgins will be the two. So kind of sucks for Tyler Boyd. And uh, you know, maybe he'll have games here and there, but it does feel like they drafted Chase so that there's that Burrow-Chase connection. They want to recreate that, and they I'm sure they will to an extent. Um, Jamar Chase is that good. So <clears throat> it'll be interesting. Uh, I like it for fantasy, but, yeah, it football-wise, a bad idea, bad idea. Now, the team you mentioned, the Dolphins, I really liked their wide receiver pick. <laughs> like, this is great. Like, okay. So now Tua, he's got Fuller, Parker, Waddle. I kind of like this. Mm-hmm. He's got lots of weapons, uh, at, at least for the moment. We'll see what happens, uh, particularly tomorrow or today, I assume, when most people will listen to this. <laughs> we'll see what they do at, at running back. But, I mean, uh, you know, we both like Gaskin. And so we'll see if they keep him. But – or if they go with another running back, but he's got weapons. And like you said, they did this smart. And when you were talking about that earlier, it's like the Cowboys, they started, they built up this great offensive line. And then it was like, okay, now we can get, you know, now they should have done more with the defensive side of the ball (laughs) or a better job, but you know, then they build up the receivers and they got the quarterback. And so now it's a, you know, their offensive line's gone down a little bit, but they were trying to do it the right way. And that's the, you know, Miami was trying to invest in the line and things like that. And like you said, they got Tua and then they're bringing weapons for Tua now. And it's, it's, I really like, I continue to like what Miami, Miami is doing. Absolutely. And, and one of, one of the uh, Jalen Waddle absolutely fit the role too. Cause when I really thought about what they were putting out there, it's like, Will Fuller is your deep threat guy. Devontae Mm. Parker is more of a, flanker type of guy right. i guess like you know he's he has some athleticism absolutely mm-hmm. so but you know it's like you've got fuller and parker on on the outside and then waddle can be this just 
crazy mismatch of, of a weapon in, in the right. slot, or maybe they put Waddle, who has all this speed and explosiveness, maybe they line him out wide, and Parker, I, <laughs> I, I, I laugh because I... I'm reminded of his old beef with Michael Thomas. Maybe Devontae Parker plays a Michael Thomas type role mm-hmm. and becomes Slant Boy. You know, right? So it's this is this is great news for people like me that have Tua Tunga Baloa in, in dynasty leagues. I'm like, oh yeah, wheels up. You've got four. Got him on a few rosters, and like yeah. I knew some people were panicking, and uh, I'm like, nope, I'm holding steady. I believe in Tua, Absolutely. and I think this is great news. Like. I, he's he's got weapons. Yeah. And one of the things you may have noticed too is that the first three receivers that were drafted, we hadn't really talked about the third one yet, and it could be mm. a segue into this. But we we mentioned Jamar Chase and of course Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, LSU teammates, Jalen Waddle, Tua Tungavaloa, Alabama teammates, huh? Devontae Smith, and Jalen Hurts also were teammates at Alabama. I started yes, I, was, I was watching this trend and I was like. Well, that's an interesting little thing. I may it's have been super sure. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I wonder if teams talk more with their quarterbacks, especially the more solidified quarterbacks, and go, hey, like, we want to get a receiver. You know, what are your thoughts on the guys you threw the ball to? And, and like, there will be chemistry. Like, these, these quarterbacks should know how these receivers like where they like the ball, where they like the ball thrown and everything like that. So I saw it. I was like, you know, probably more of a coincidence than anything, but mm-hmm. you know, I was kind of rooting for it. And then Kadarius Tony kind of screwed it up because I mean, what Florida quarterback is in the league besides like, obviously Kyle Trask will be in the league, right? <laughs> but Devonte Smith, I, he scared the heck out of me. Because as a Cowboys fan, I I watched the Cowboys do a deal with the Eagles. And I was like, "Why? That's an interesting division. Rivals don't usually trade. They don't." And then I and then I thought the Cowboys had just given the Eagles Justin Fields. I was like, "Screw you, Cowboys! You just ruined my Jalen Hurts February uh, take." And, and then when they drafted Devonte Smith, I was like, "I can breathe." But the Eagles have are not exactly known for targeting the right types of receivers. Mm. So I wonder how this one's going to go because Smith's good. I have a hard time ranking him yeah. because he's the only weakness. It's just one weakness, really. It's just the weight. But mm. that's a, that's a pretty big, that's a pretty big weakness. That, that means a lot because it's hard. We don't see guys like him very often and people want to go to the, biggest of outliers on the positive side for him so right oh did the eagles screw up did they draft the wrong receiver i did as i've mentioned before i'm not big on devonta smith now Mm -hmm. some people don't have a problem with the size thing Mm -hmm. they say some people have been successful okay i don't bet on outliers first of all and <clears throat> I just, I mean, looking at the dude, he's just like, there's always the possibility he bulks up, but it's like, you just kind of like with Philip Lindsay, he's a smaller dude. You give him a big role and he just can't stay healthy. So that would be the concern for me with a guy that sizes. I'm not saying he can't play. I'm not saying he's small. 
and he could get injured often. <laughs> like that's oh. my biggest concern. And, and, and you, you know, I, I tend not to believe in the injury prone thing, but there is a thing with I mean, that could definitely be something, but, but I kind of like this spot. Yeah. You know, the Eagles, like you said, questionable because of prior decisions, but I actually kind of like this because they need the help at receiver. And again, you're matching up receiver with quarterback from college, like you mentioned. And that also tells me, I mean, and again, maybe you said some of this could be coincidence, but it, it, to me, that's saying that they must have some faith in <laughs> Mr. Jalen Hurts, you know, all that talk about competition, but you just drafted, you know, somebody he threw to. In co- so I, I really feel like this was a good spot all around because, you know, Hertz is going to know how to use him, right? And I would think, and they're going to take that into account. And um, yeah, the Eagles are definitely questionable at times, but again, they need the help. He's got prior chemistry with the quarterback. I feel like this was a good pick for them. I mean, I, and and again, I'm not big on Smith, but I, I this is one where it goes. I, I guess I like him a little bit more. I don't know. <laughs> Certainly. It, it, all these receivers have massive questions, except really for Jamar Chase. It seems mm. to be like that is – I I don't think I've seen him outside the top receiver for anyone's rankings. Right. And of all the other receivers, you know, it's getting really hard for me to keep Smith out of the number two wide receiver role because you go Rashad Bateman, well, he's a lot smaller than we thought. Right. Um, there's Terrace Marshall and the and there are questions about like why why didn't he do more and and then like there's this weird kind of possibly medical which we we saw him projected to be a late first round pick and he did in fact slip so there must be something to the injury history and it's like I'm curious on what it is on that medical um, like the medical files there that are being flagged by teams right. and. Waddle is seems to have the explosiveness, but we talk about the personification of what a black box prospect is. That's Jalen Waddle. We don't we don't know much. We have a very small sample. I mean, when I watch Alabama games, I'm like, yeah, you can you can tell that he's explosive, but it's man, like I I don't know how explosive. I don't know how dynamic. It's right. uh, it's too many question marks for me to safely go Jalen Waddles a number two and Rondell Moore and Elijah Moore are they they didn't get drafted in the first round and you know with kind of smaller size it's like are they is their upside kind of limited as maybe being these really really productive slot receivers so it's my wide receiver rankings it's like when this draft's done or at least tomorrow's done and I have a better picture of who the the top you know seven eight receivers are it's like i can right. kind of go in this a little bit more but i'm i sit there and i go man if you don't get jamar chase your best bet is to wait and just let everyone else draft receivers and then you pick whatever receivers left right i, I still have some faith in bateman it's 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 nice he went in the first and i do think yes. 
I do feel like Baltimore is going to make an attempt at, you know, passing the ball more because they, they were, Lamar was even saying shit last year of how teams knew what they were fucking doing and stuff like that. Like Harbaugh's a good coach. And so again, no coach worship or anything, but he's not a fucking idiot. He's going to make some adjustments, you know, so you can expect them to be a little more pass heavy and, you know, they're still going to do their thing with the run game because that's what they're great at. But I do believe the passing will be more involved and this could be good for Bateman. Obviously, a little, little concern. See, I love Terrace Marshall, and I know there's some questions about him. And I was hoping he'd go in the first. And I was okay if he didn't go in the first, as long as he went to a good spot, you know, at some point earlier in the second. And you do kind of have to wonder now, like, if there's some medical questions there, how far does he fall? So I'm going to be watching particularly him on day two, because he was one of my top guys. I was hoping yeah. someone would snag him up at the end of the first. <clears throat> and it's not, it's day <laughs> like two. Green Bay. <laughs> well, I, oh man, they passed on. See, that's another thing. I, I did have that on there and I forgot to mention it when we were talking about Aaron Rodgers, but that, that's got to push it, it, that narrative even further that he's going out of town because they again did not take a wide receiver i i was watching jake jake tobridge on on twitter and he he was he's a packers fan and he was just like waiting and he was just like there's only one team left be, between us and rondale moore and then the packers took the cornerback and he, he was not happy. So, <laughs> and it's I'm just not sure like, if I saw Rondell Moore being projected as a first round pick. So it's like, well, maybe something happens day two tomorrow when they get yeah, in the we'll second see. round. So we'll see. But, but I, I feel for Packers fans. I have a Packer fan uh, in, in my main dynasty league, my longest running one. And he's just between the Aaron Rodgers trade rumors and uh, the Packers just refusing to. Give Rogers any type of help. He is just—he's conditioned at this point, and I think he represents a lot of Packers fans. They are just conditioned to be disappointed in their front office. There, maybe there is some like method to their madness. I mean, it could yeah. be one of those. Three years down the road, we look back at at like last year's draft and this year's draft, and we're like, oh, you know what? They actually like got the drafts like. I, you know, Seattle during the Legion of Boom years, like they always, and to this day, like it's a good thing Seattle doesn't have first round picks because every time they make a first round pick, it's always this guy that like ESPN will go, this is a guy we had a third round grade on. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> they, they never seem to get the value pick, <laughs> but more often than not, I guess the pick works out. So what, what do you say? But right. um, with Bateman too, for people, if they are, if they are seriously going to fade him because of him landing in Baltimore, people this year went, I'm not going to fade players because of their destination. Like they did with AJ Brown two years ago. When AJ Brown doing it again. Yes. So, uh, you know, Bateman is one of the one player that like he right now, like I can't have him any lower than three. Right? Like I, my my rankings will definitely have to go and adjust. Like it's like these top eight receivers after Jamar Chase. It is it it's is wacky. Yeah, it's hard <laughs> to tell. It's hard to tell. 
I haven't quite nailed it down yet. It's like they're pretty close, but it's, you know, some of these things like a terrorist marshal having medical concerns, like something like that helps with the rankings because it's like, okay, maybe I can knock them down a little bit. But, but Bateman, like, don't fade this guy because because of his current situation we see these situations change all the time baltimore used their very first draft pick their first two first round picks on a receiver they clearly want to address the lead the position to make it better and right. i think it's more of a of a damning thing for barkeese brown than a damning thing for rashad bateman let's have some right. faith that maybe that situation can change i have faith and i've been kind of pounding the table for this because I, if you go back, they were in on Juju Smith-Schuster. Yep. They were just reports came out. They were trying to trade for Julio Jones. So if they're trying to do something to really help Lamar out in the passing game because they're not happy with what they have. And, you know, we like guys like Prochet and DuVernay. We're hoping they'd be a little something. But clearly something's going on in Baltimore. Obviously, they weren't throwing it enough. Yeah. But they really feel like they need a certain type of weapon for uh, Mr. Lamar Jackson. And they clearly I clearly weren't like, happy with their right, guys because right. they, they added Sammy Watkins. So, yep. you know, those guys from last year, uh, it's just, it's not over yet for them. But, you know, for right. Devin Duvernay fans, you know, you got to be like, you have to be pretty concerned here. Right. <laughs> I mean, unless, you know, they're that disappointed in Marquise Brown and maybe Duvernay or Prochet take over that role. And then, you you know, I mean, I, that would be yeah. a possibility. And uh, so sorry for Marquise Brown fans, but yeah, they can't be that happy with him either. So <clears throat> we'll see what happens with that. And then I guess the only other wide receiver you already mentioned, Kadarius Tony, to New York at pick 20. I, I don't care. It, it kind of sucks because I was looking for really Galladay to kind of be a monster hog or, a, you know, a target hog there. And, yeah. uh, and, you know, even though they got some other guys, but it was, it, it's kind of like you got Sterling Shepard, you got Darius Slayton, you signed John Ross, and then you signed Kenny Galladay. And now another receiver. So, so yeah. definitely goodbye, Darius Slayton. We'll see. That I've heard rumors weeks ago about them shopping Sterling Shepard. So maybe he gets traded. I don't know. Um, but they definitely got a lot of wide receivers. So I'm sure they paid Galladay a lot of money. I'm sure he'll be the star. But what do you, what do you think about Kadarius Tony? Because mixed opinions about him. What do you feel about him in New York? Well, we love the draft capital. I mean, he got first-round draft capital. That is, that, that's huge in terms of, like, that's why I've got to have him in my top eight. Um, mm. That's about the only thing. I sit there and I go, that and he is a dynamic player. But, like, he difficult thing is he is this combination of a wide receiver and a running back and that's great for real nfl for fantasy it's cordero patterson yes it can be (laughs) and it's it may not be ideal um i'm if i draft tony in rookie drafts it's because of value but i'm not exactly excited about making the pick i i don't think that this really affects Kenny Dalton Galladay much I I think it affects more of the incumbents there Darius Slayton Sterling Shepard as you mentioned there's trade rumors for both of those guys and it's a good reminder of Slayton like Slayton is just he's just a guy like that's really like you know he 
congrats to him on his rookie season, being able to take advantage of opportunities and make a name for himself. And because of that, he has probably secured himself a future second contract when that time comes. But the way I see this is Galladay's the alpha. Tony is this like gadget player. Maybe they utilize him in the slot. Um, and I'm not too worried, but I will say in total this offseason, Galladay, Tony, they signed Kyle Rudolph. Like the Giants, they quietly have some decent weapons there. Like yep. Daniel Jones has got some options there, and, and it's going to make it break. I mean, Daniel Jones, 2019 first-round pick. We saw with the Jets that after three years with Sam Darnold that they didn't see enough, and they moved on. Teams are – they're not worried about sunk costs. Like in days right. past, it's like true. they will hope, they will hold on to these franchise quarterbacks longer than they longer than they should. So what I take away from this is I sit there and I go, they are giving Daniel Jones all the weapons to possibly succeed. And I really like the thing I like more about the Tony selection is that they traded down in the draft and got a future first round pick and still came away with a guy that in the NFL can be an electrifying player. Right. Dynasty, ah, I don't know what to think of them. <laughs> like, we're really having to trust um, people that, that we're friends with, like Cody Carpentier, to tell us more about Kadarius Tony because the analytics, you look at the profile and you're like, I don't see it. <laughs> nothing besides he runs fast. Yeah. But, yeah, at, at least they, they traded down. It still added an electrifying playmaker. And watch out for the Giants. Like, in terms of that offense, is going like, to be a lot better. Yeah. And I've spoke about Daniel Jones in a couple of different articles this offseason because I really do feel like it, 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 I don't think he's something special, but I do think he can be solid in fantasy and yeah. because – I do think he's got some game as a quarterback and believe uh, people got to remember. Yeah. He fell down once, <laughs> you know, running for a touchdown, but Duke can run a bit. So, I mean, I, lots of more weapons. You're going to have Saquon Barkley back. Now he's got Kenny Galladay. You add more weapons. I mean, I, like you said, this could be a very interesting team this year, the New York Certainly. Giants. And I'll, um, I'll say that one quick thing in my in one of my dynasty leagues, I moved on from Evan Ingram. And so seeing them draft a receiver in the first round, I'm like, that's along with all the additions and free agency. I'm like, good move. It was it was time. It was time yeah. to move on from Evan Ingram. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. I, I've moved on from Dalvin Cook in a couple of different leagues. And I've actually in one of them where I moved on from Dalvin Cook. I got this one guy trying to trade me J.K. Dobbins, and he mainly wants picks and picks and Chase Edmonds. Um, so I might make this work because I'll give a couple picks and Chase Edmonds for J.K. Dobbins. <laughs> it might not truly, truly happen till next year. Maybe it never truly happens for J.K. Dobbins. Tough to tell with Baltimore, but I still change. <laughs> yeah, I still really like J.K. Dobbins. He's one of my favorite younger backs. And, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. It is a run-heavy offense. But, um, yeah, what were you saying? Well, and I, <laughs> Oh, yeah, I you were moving on you, from Ingram. Sorry. Right, right. And I think you bringing up J.K. Dobbins, we can, we can absolutely segue into the running backs. We saw two right. running backs 
get drafted in the first round. And, and I, we saw one of them was not surprising. It, like Pittsburgh at 24, picking Najee Harris. No. Yeah. Most mock drafts that, that you saw these, these days, especially leading up to the draft, like the Steelers, I don't know how a team at 24 people are able to correctly predict that pick as often as everyone was. But yeah. man, that I guess the Steelers are just like my Cowboys. They just they wear their heart on their sleeve, and then right. everyone can read their read the cards there. Um, and there's opportunity. I mean, Najee Harris enters a backfield that includes Anthony McFarland, uh, Kalen Blage, Jalen Samuels, Benny Snell. It's not an impressive group of of talent at the running back position. Najee Harris should enter day one be the starter should be the guy handling all the work and yet despite that i'm not excited about him i don't like the pittsburgh situation because the the pittsburgh's offensive line warren sharp he he put a tweet out during the draft like right after the pick um talking about how that doesn't fix the problem the problem is their offensive line the team got old (laughs) team got old really fast it it is so sad to see a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers that have been one of the more premier teams in the NFL that are just making bad decisions. Why the heck are you drafting a running back in round one when you've got an aging quarterback? You've got receivers that are going to be free agents. Your offensive line's falling apart that started with the center retiring. It All these issues, and it's like you use your top draft asset on the one position that you shouldn't draft in the first round outside like kicker and punter so right. i'm not excited about Najee harris because i he wasn't my rb1 nope before the draft right and we don't know where javante williams is going to land but graham barfield he has his yards created uh series and and, and i'm not, not gonna i'm not gonna i will take one small part for that because it is behind a paywall and for these creators, you know, you've got, you've got to pay and support them. Right. But right. he's at fantasypoints.com. There is one, one stat, just one stat on his yards created model that I want to point out. And that's his missed tackles force per attempt. It is 93rd percentile, like a common comparison to Javante Williams is David Montgomery. And I'm here to say Javante Williams is better than david montgomery like he he, his yards created model was painted a much brighter picture for javante williams because i i he's been my rb3 because it's kind of by default there just isn't really any serious contenders in my opinion for javante williams but taking into consideration williams being two years younger so in those prime years of getting that production before what age 26 Mm-hmm. Or before 27, like Javante Williams has two more years of NFL production right. to, to give us. And honestly, I, I sit there and I go, I don't think it's too hot takey to move Javante Williams up to RB1 with this, where I wasn't a Najee Harris fan. And then Travis Etienne, who, who we'll talk a little bit more in detail, but he landed in Jacksonville with James right. Robinson. So how's that going to go? So pending his pending his destination here it's like javante williams could absolutely bump up to rb1 for me and i don't think that that disqualifies disqualifies my status as a fantasy football analyst (laughs) yeah 
No, dude, I honestly, I kind of agree with everything you said. Um, you know, we spoke before the pod and you were telling me some of that stuff. And I'm like, man, that does make me feel better about Jay Williams. It really does. Yeah. Uh, because you know me and we, we talked about it on the last pod with Cody when we did Who You Sour On, Najee, for me, like I'm just sour on him. And yeah, it's like he's going to a spot where they're probably going to run him. But again, the offensive line and it's a bad football decision. It's just kind of yuck. And then Travis Etienne, you know, you want to see him go somewhere like in Atlanta. And so going to Jacksonville and it stinks because there is a bunch of Jacksonville fans on Twitter. Like <laughs> we told you Travis Etienne. <laughs> and then people like, how's them James Robinson fans? And I'm not even that big of a fan. I, I was just like, I thought it was cool. I, I talked about him last year and he ended up being badass in, in 2020. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it was just kind of like, that's kind of a bummer for James Robinson, but we'll yeah. see how this all plays out. It's kind of messy. So, I mean, landing spot isn't everything, but it's going to be very interesting to see where Mr. Javante Williams goes tomorrow because it's going to be tomorrow. So yeah. maybe earlier than, than we expect, because even though we go early draft capital shouldn't be used on running backs. We just saw the two top running backs in what is considered a weak running back class go in the first round. Right. Javante Williams, he is going to go early, early second round. He Mm. is like, there's, there was already like some people reporting on the situation that go, look, I don't know what, what you believe on Javante Williams, but you're probably not high enough on where he lands. So I would not be surprised to kind of like how we saw Jonathan Taylor come off the board early um, day two, two. Yep. yeah in round two and nick chubb early in round two not that javante williams is that type of of running back model but in this class where now that the top two running backs are off the board i mean let me, let me take a look real quick i've got the the board i'm looking at so round two let's see <laughs> obviously Jacksonville's not going to get it falcons will be the first one there and it's like the jets the Jets, who, I mean, right now their running back depth chart is Ty Johnson, LaMichael P. Ryan, and Tevin Coleman. It's so, Josh Adams. Yeah. Or is I he don't, still there, I think? Uh, Josh Adams is still there. And and so like it could be as early as the second pick of round two with, with the Jets, and then that following pick with the Falcons. Uh, the Dolphins are picked four, but honestly, like I have been pretty – adamant that this that this front office and i've been following miami because i've loved what miami's done just from a team building perspective that's not what they do they don't invest draft capital like heavy um draft capital day one day two in running backs they they Mm -hmm. know they're able to find a miles gaskin around seven and he's productive they Last year, it didn't work out, but they traded a fifth round pick for Brita because they're like, he's got all the traits. He could be productive. Like that's where they, that's what they do. Like it is, it is mid to late day three draft capital and undrafted free agent guys that they utilize. They don't go for high profile guys. Well, yeah. Salvin um, Ahmad, who was cut from the Niners, yeah. like that dude, he didn't even like, there's if you see his profile, it's not super impressive, which is why I was never like super in on him, but 
the Dolphins, they're just putting backs in there and letting them get the work, and it's working. So, yeah, why spend a high pick? So we got to hope they continue that trend. Um, I could see a few spots. I mean, the aforementioned Denver Broncos could use a back. I mean, they've got Mike Boone and Royce Freeman behind Melvin Gordon, and Melvin Gordon's pretty much toast. So, I mean, that's not a bad spot for a running back either. I think definitely the Jets. So, so yeah, there's some teams. We'll have to see what happens. Yes. I would be sure if he makes it. If he makes it past pick 10 of the second round, I'd be shocked. There's just so many teams that could utilize a running back that if they don't like, you know, if they don't get Javante Williams, it's a massive drop off. I mean, right. Kenny Gainwell, if he goes to the right, right team. Yes. But he, he has to be utilized in a very special way because he's this receiver wide receiver running back like combo. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So it's, we saw, like, I was shocked that ETN was a first-round pick. I felt like Najee was, because of his size and everything, and Pittsburgh just falling in love with them because they think they have Le'Veon Bell 2.0. When ETN went in the first round and it was the following pick, I was like, oh, boy, get ready for it. Javante Williams, he's going to be off the board the first 10 picks uh, of round two, and I'm yep. ready for it. I am ready for it as well. <sighs> I love day two. Speaking of day two, we're going to get into that tomorrow or today, most people listening. But before we do, the last one, the only thing we didn't talk about yet, was the Falcons selecting Mr. Kyle Pitts, the only tight end taken in round one, of course. And, you know, the hype continues. What do you think about this selection, Mr. Aaron? Because for me, I mean, it doesn't really change how I felt before. I thought there was a good chance he would go here and... You know, I'm just willing to not spend the high draft capital, uh, particularly if you're in, I mean, we're a dynasty podcast, but particularly in redraft, because as for now, Julio's still there. And based on what you're saying with his contract, there's a good chance he's going to be there this year. So unless the, does the July 1st trade, would that work with a Julio? Yes. So they could oh, yes, still. You did that previously. Okay. Yeah. So they still could. So yeah. let's. Let's say they do trade Julio. Let's uh-huh. say they do get that done. Then what do you think of Kyle Pitts? Because then it's like Ridley and nobody. <laughs> and it's I mean, it's I guess to... Russell Gage. Yeah, good old Russell Gage. It's <laughs> you know, with Kyle Pitts going to Atlanta, it's if you're if you have Matt Ryan, you know, you're you're ecstatic because weapons galore. Um right. and if is this the best spot for Kyle Pitts? I don't, I don't really know. Cause really the, the only other spot that, I, that was a popular thing was Miami. Um, right. So like there wasn't really a lot of spots we could project him to go. Um, I was kind of open for Carolina. I think that was my prediction for a few weeks ago, but mm-hmm. like that was before I saw him like just skyrocket up the draft board, but right. I'll stick with Atlanta there. Like, Atlanta's usually in high scoring games mm-hmm. and tight end productivity is usually tied to you want, you want tight ends and good offenses or if right. they're, like in Darren Waller's case, they're the only guy that's clearly Kyle Pitts has got to compete with at least Calvin Ridley. And in, and I'll say, let's assume that there's Julio Jones and I'm not worried. Like, cause let, let me pull it up real quick. 
I'm sorry for those listening. You, like, this is very much a reaction video. No show sheet or anything, but we'll pull up <laughs> just past plays uh, of Atlanta here. They, yeah, this is all off the cuff. We we had I had a little list of stuff, but other than that, we're just kind of flowing. Yeah, because usually Atlanta, they're not exactly known for their defense. <laughs> so right. They're they're in these high scoring games. I remember the Cowboys playing the Falcons, and the Cowboys coming back on them, scoring a ton ton of points to have to come back in and win but let's see last season they ran 41.8 pass plays that was number three in the nfl the previous year they ran 45.9 pass plays that was number one in the nfl i mean opportunity is key in, in fantasy football and at the very least he's going to be involved in a passing offense that is heavy volume let's take a look at Hayden Hurst here because it's going to be a replacement Poor Hayden Hurst. Like he escapes Baltimore, gets a chance to be a starter. He was hyped. He was hyped up way too much last year. Um, like I didn't think he was bad, but like people were really buying into, he could have a Austin Hooper year, but let's ben, see. He, he's Hayden not Austin Hurst, Hooper. Hayden Hurst though ran 509 routes. That was number four amongst tight ends. He participated in 81.8% of the routes. That's number 10. 87 targets, number 11. It's a 13th in air yards, 614 uh, total air yards. At fantasy points, 9.3. That was number 13. And by, by all accounts, Kyle Pitts is a superior prospect. So right. I, this is the, like – especially after looking into Hayden Hurst and what he did in, in this offense, it's like Kyle Pitts is at least tied in one. Like he's at least top 10 um, just off okay. the bat. And with the upside to compete with the Travis Kelsey, the Darren Wallers, uh, the George Kittles, like there, I don't know if there's any other ones, like there's Hawkinson and Fant. So the, if, if you're a tight end needy team, it's not the best value but shoot this this rookie class got hit hard in the draft with mm. Najee going to a team with an aging quarterback that can't really throw uh, no offensive line Travis Etienne going to a time split <laughs> running back time split like Kyle Pitts can be bumped up like the yeah. running backs the running backs were Good questionable points. before like we talked about it, this running back class is the rejects of the 2019 rookie draft. Like the, the guys that weren't good enough to compete in that. Um, the receive the receivers. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, Weird. so like it's you can bump up Kyle Pitts, it's but true. it's not so much him. It's just this class just gets nastier and nastier <laughs> with each passing day. I hate to say it, it's true. So I just there, there's some upside. Yeah, there, there's enough upside. I'm just I know there's some people that are like, he's the 101 no matter what. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And but, so I, I'm just ugh. Yeah. I hate to say you, you gotta, Julio won't be there for, for much longer. So right. he could then be a number two receiver and Travis Kelsey on, on the Chiefs. I mean, he him and Tyree Kill saw see a very even number uh even split of the passing volume there i mean so kyle pitts a little further down the road him calvin ridley being this one-two punch in atlanta absolutely but who's going to be the quarterback (laughs) yeah 
We'll see. And, you know, part of me, part of my strategy has always been, and I've wrote about this, spoke about this, but I'm of the firm believer you do want a higher end tight end, just like you do want those mobile quarterbacks. There's not many of them. You want the rushing upside because it gives you such an edge at the position. And same thing with tight ends. If you've got one of those top few tight ends, it makes a difference on a weekly basis. Um, It's when to sacrifice for that. And in a rookie draft, I mean, how high do you got to take them? I mean, so I guess that's what we do. it would still kind of depend on ADP for me, but I, I can't help but agree with you. You, you gotta bump them up. I mean, you have to, you have to, it, it just, everything else is too weird. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's, it is, it's nasty. <laughs> this, this wasn't a best case scenario for, for the running backs. Right. And the receivers, you know, it's like Chase is going to, he's going to be an alpha, but it's not going to be easy right out the gate. Um, right. Higgins is legit. And Boyd yep. is no pushover. So. Nope. And Waddle's going to have competition too. And Waddle's not exactly the guy that I think is going to be just this. this he's going to be better on. NFL than yeah. fantasy, I think. Yeah. Like when you start him in fantasy, you're hoping he just breaks off one of these massive plays for a touchdown. Right. Um, and Miami's offense could be fun, but they're going to be splitting. They're going to be sharing the, the spreading the ball around. Sorry if I can get right. my words out. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long day. It's been a long a day. Long day. A lot of excitement. Right. I think. I think that covers just about everything there. Yeah, Besides, that's it. We want to talk about the obvious ones, but really. I'm Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson out at this point. <laughs> Me too. And I'm just kind of like, I think the Jets made a mistake again. But, I do, and you know, I like Zach Wilson. So, let, I, I'm, and I'm not rooting against anybody. So, I'm rooting for him. And, and I hope, uh, you know, all the quarterbacks pan out. And it seems like, you know, aside from the, the, the Bears thing was really the, the major surprise for me tonight. Oh. I mean, I guess I was more surprised when the Broncos didn't take fields, but <laughs> then this whole Aaron Rodgers stuff, it's like, you never know. So other than that, I do, I guess I don't have much else other than it, it was a fun, interesting as hell night. And yeah. uh, hey, I, I love me some day two. So I'm ready for some day two to see where some of these secondary running backs and receivers go. I've got my eyes on Javonta Williams now. I'm also kind yeah. of paying attention to Kenny Gainwell, as you mentioned, and Mr. Carpentier's boy, Jamar Jefferson, I like to see where he goes as well. And then, of course, Terrace Marshall, we're going to be following him, seeing where some of the, the more guys go, the yeah. Moors. Uh, so still some players to see where they go landing spots wise. And uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. So Aaron, Mr. Aaron, anything else from you, good sir? I think that's it. It was it was an exciting day. It was Christmas today, and it's Christmas right. tomorrow. Football Christmas. I'm with you. I love day two, round two, round three, because that's when we get to diff- that's when we get to divide and and separate people in our rankings and know who to push down. Because hey, the draft capital matters. If right. you're a player that falls out of the top three rounds, like that is significant. If you're right. if you're in love with a player and he falls to round four you need to go back and see if there's something you're missing because mm-hmm. the NFL, if all the teams are passing on them like three times on average, 
they're probably not they're, their likelihood of succeeding is slim yeah because there's probably a reason <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah it's going to be interesting yep rounds two and three good stuff all right well thanks aaron we did this kind of on the fly just had the idea it was like it'd be cool to get an instant reaction video going yes i had a lot of fun uh chatting about this stuff because it was a fun draft interesting draft and nice to chat about it afterwards so absolutely all right well we will bid everyone adieu for this evening we're gonna get the hell out of here i'm gonna get some food and go the hell to sleep because like you said it's been a long day a long and day full of excitement it makes it a little bit exhausting a little bit yeah. yes and it's gonna be a long day for me tomorrow but what's gonna be pushing me is day two of the draft that is Let's right all right buddy thank you for joining me and thank you everybody else for joining me don't forget to follow the march heron at aa ron stew 09 on the twitters and me at rmk madness on the twitters and the grams all right folks we will check again Oh, make sure you pay attention to my Twitter. Got any miscellaneous free. Make sure you pay attention to Aaron. He's working on a new article. All sorts of stuff. Thank you again for joining. Enjoy day two of the draft.